0: But it is, RGLA family. Merry Christmas. I am Angela Birdsong, your Conversation Peace host on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake-Up Call at RadioJustice.org. For something new or unusual to talk about for stimulating conversation for you on the bus, train, plane, or simply at the water cooler or in Cubicle Nation. Today is Conversation Peace Roadshow from Congresswoman Maxine Waters' 43rd District Christmas Party and Toy Drive. I have interview clips from that evening with Council of Pakistan, Chairman Adnan Khan, who is the businessman who brought 7-Elevens to the South Central Los Angeles area. You will hear from Cinder eller Kimball, Senior Community Affairs Liaison of Inglewood Police Department, along with Executive Director Kathy Sutton of SURF, Sensory Integration Education Research Foundation. I also took this roadshow to the Black Women's Forum, Walk, Talk, Shop, and Eat in Lamert Park and met with Deborah Reed, founder of the Jonathan Reed Family Rights Coalition. Although Congresswoman Waters was working hard in Washington, D.C. regarding the federal shutdown, the Christmas party was fabulously hosted by Karen Waters, daughter of the Congresswoman, But she did join us the next day at the Black Women's Forum, of which she is the founder, as we all shopped in Leimert Park, supporting local businesses and merchants. A true holiday blast this weekend. Here's a disclaimer, RJLA family. Radio Justice does not support nor endorse any political party, but it's important to know who is in the positions of power here in Los Angeles and in California and yes the theme was reclaiming my time welcome to conversation peace Angela Birdsong with Conversation Peace and I am at Congresswoman Maxine Waters 43rd District Christmas Party. And it's 2018, you guys. We're ending this year, and I have some great interviews set up for us this evening. With me today is someone that Congresswoman Waters always acknowledges at her district Christmas parties for the work and the business that he brings to South Central Los Angeles. Sir, can you introduce yourself and tell us what you do?
1: Yes, my name is Adnan Khan, and I'm a businessman, so I have... Convenience stores, Seven Eleven convenience stores, and basically, what brings me to this area is uh, the work I do with, especially uh, teaching resilience to youth and other people.
0: How do you teach resiliency to youth?
1: Well, you know, many years ago in Watts, I started certs program, so teaching uh, high school children or young students certs, and my thing about bringing that. To what area was because? The children certainly need all the support and help. And I wanted to also show them that when they are around uh, police officers, EMTs, fire departments, uh, law enforcement, that they can choose one of those fields to grow into. So as we taught them certs for about 10 weeks, uh, we also were able to introduce them to a lot of these other avenues, which gives them direction where to go in life. And many of those students have pursued Uh, to become going to either police or air force or other places, So, which in a way my work started when Barack Obama became president and said, pick yourself up, dust yourself, and let's do something for America. Uh, And that's what brought me to Watts.
0: And what is CERTs?
1: Search is actually, uh, it's training how to uh, overcome a disaster, either natural or a man-made disaster. And I certainly, for what I did and what I do in uh, Los Angeles, uh, uh, Barack Obama, the president, he gave me the highest award, which is John D. Solomon Award, uh, for working in the neighborhoods which are at risk.
0: Well, congratulations on on that award. That's the John D. Solomon Award. Explain what's the requirements for that award and how often is it um, given out?
1: Uh, Well, that is given out every year and especially during the time of President Obama, it was given out every year. And basically it is teaching resilience in the neighborhood. So we are preparing our neighborhoods to be ready for uh, disaster in time of disaster, what do we do? Just like in Watts, when we had that uh, major snowstorm, hail came in and then rain came in and then Watts was underwater uh, for many, many days. Uh, That's where we come in and teach the people how to fend themselves. uh, Because when a big magnitude earthquake hits Southern California, uh, we will not have law enforcement. We will not have fire departments. We'll depend on each other to help each other out and that's what we teach.
0: Right, and I think September is disaster preparedness month, if I'm not mistaken. Is there anything um, in the new digital age that we need to be aware of and disaster preparedness?
1: Well, I think the main thing is how will we keep our digital communications up. So what we did in our programs is we gave every youth or adult a kit Uh, that would prepare them to sustain their life for three, four, five days or longer. So the main thing is uh, one thing I've learned from disasters across America is how do you charge your cell phone? Uh, How do you stay in communications with each other? And looks like if your cell phone doesn't charge, your life stops. So I would tell everybody, get yourself a portable charger to stay connected.
0: Okay. And so what else is in that kit? And, and where can we
1: find that kit? Well, you can make that kit the fire department. Certainly, uh, there is resources with the sheriff department. So just like we just elected Alex Villanova, a new sheriff, uh, it's his department which gets money from the state to educate us, working with the fire department, to give these backpacks out, which have gloves inside, which have flashlight, which has a mask, uh, which has other important items that can preserve and help save your family uh, with Band-Aids and things, and the training that's required. So uh, we are looking for towards our new sheriff for leadership, and we certainly, that's where our Congresswoman comes in because she certainly is so supportive and she brings so many resources to her neighborhoods that are needed.
0: Now, let me ask you this because you've done something daring to me is to bring convenience stores in an area that people would never bring a convenience store, let alone a commercial um, name brand com- uh, convenience store. How did, how did that even come to you where you like, this is where I'm going to, to put the store? And I'm going to put several of them there. Where did, where did you even get the, the vision to do that and then to execute it? How did you find the support for it?
1: Well, uh, you know, as I came to work in Watts area and what I saw that no business wanted to come in. So I educated 7-Eleven Corporation and their executives that we need to bring our resources, we need to bring our stores out this way, and we will get support from people because when I came to Watts, Uh, I know everybody scared me that you won't come back alive. And, you know, I would be here driving around uh, and... The other thing I saw was, I was able to, one day, Congresswoman stood there with me and said, anything you need, ask Adnan. So people certainly shared stories with me that law enforcement does not come into wards as readily as they should be, because there's always a war between LAPD and Sheriff, whose area is this? And I worked with LAPD with the sheriff and in those days for sheriff baka and i worked with certainly fbi because i serve on the los angeles board of the citizen academy of fbi so we brought those resources to those areas where policing wasn't happening right and uh, certainly now I am asking uh, because the Congresswoman said, you know, she wants more of the people in the area to go into law enforcement, into FBI. So I am trying to break the barriers. Why are people over here are not going into FBI? Why are they not taking the jobs? How are we going to change our people uh, if we are not going to take them? And have them serve because uh, my big thing is these days is with um, our district attorney uh, saying, you know, we can't have uh, people just heading to jails. We need to work. To people to help them, uh, whatever challenges they have, because uh, and certainly same thing with the law enforcement. If there is a kid who's eight years old and who's has any kind of charge or twelve or fifteen, we need to have a door which gives them second chance to becoming uh, good citizens. Because people in every area have different challenges. Beverly Hills kids grow up with different challenge while kids in Watts have a different challenge so are we going to fail people our youth uh, that we have these stricter laws to enter some of these organizations so certainly my fight these days is with the FBI Uh, we need more people from our communities uh, from Watts Compton all these areas uh, serving Uh, We are not going to go get people from other areas uh, where life might not be so challenging because our people over here have major challenges.
0: Now, if someone wanted to um, pursue a career um, in the FBI, what do they need to do to, to get started? Do you have a resource for them? Let, let's, let, let's share that on the air.
1: Well, uh, you know, one thing is uh, there's a website, uh, uh, JobUSA.com, or uh, I'll have to get that proper website. But uh, once you log on to that website, all of America's government jobs are open. You can look up the jobs, and a friend of mine just recently uh, got, landed a job working with the airports in Seattle. And that's a great, respectable job to be starting out with. So what a lot of companies, a lot of law enforcement they're looking for is high school diploma we need to get our high school diploma. And then as we get higher education, uh, that helps. So FBI now is saying we will take somebody who's gotten a high school diploma. We want, uh, we have people uh, serving different jobs, uh, but still our challenge is the background, where the Congresswoman has said to me, Adnan, we need to... Sometimes people are left behind because what they did... Uh, when their parents weren't around when their father wasn't around Uh, you know there's a saying which goes around which I think I put in my John D. Solomon was uh, kids over here in uh, Watts area will have a difficult time going to Yale, but jail, there is an easier path, but we need to stop that path. We need to work with our DAs, our sheriffs, our local law enforcement, look at the challenges and then overcome those challenges. And we certainly, I think, with Congresswoman now being the chairperson, uh, I think we'll be able to do more.
0: Right, you know. Thank you so much for your time. I just have one more question, and you sort of answer that. Um, but what are what are your plans and your outlook for twenty nineteen?
1: Well, in twenty nineteen, I want to see more disadvantaged people become uh, businessmen. Seven Eleven certainly is opening up the stores, and they are a- asking the people in the communities to come and app apply, to come and become owners of local. Convenience stores, and then bring the goodness to their people, make money, and then do work in their communities. I am certainly trying to get the faith based communities together. And I think we, as faith based communities, communities as a whole, uh, our challenges, we want to get a supervisor in the second district who understands our challenges. So we have to elect from the second district a supervisor that understands. The problems as youth we face, as businesses we face, uh, because I am seeing that our supervisors might be failing us. So they certainly, uh, 2019, my target is the sheriff department, the supervisors. We as a community get our people to be business people. So start with USA Gov jobs. Start with 7-Eleven. Apply and make this community what. We used to be maybe twenty, thirty years ago uh, that we then somehow dropped the ball.
0: Right, you know, and I'm sorry. One, this is my for sure. This is my last question. Now, you said you sit on the board for the citizens, for um, um, academy, the citizen uh, C- citizens academy board. Yes. What, what what is the citizens academy well, board?
1: FBI has a citizen academy. So any person can apply. Whoever is listening to my interview can apply to the FBI Citizen Academy. And Citizen Academy is where you can go in, get a 10-week training, and then you basically get to know how FBI works, you get to build connections, you get to know law enforcement, and then you can come and serve in your community to become a bridge with the FBI, uh, bringing their resources into your areas. And uh, we slowly, have been seeing that we were able to first get one and then two people into the Citizen Academy from these areas. We want more to come in because the only way we'll make our community stronger is if we serve. And if we can serve uh, through the LAPD Citizen Academy, FBI Citizen Academy, we can lead our youth into these jobs, uh, then we can certainly stand up for our people because nobody else is going to come stand up for our people. It will be people from within.
0: Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
2: Oh, Holy night The stars are brightly
1: shining It is the night Of the dear Savior's birth
0: This is Angela Birdsong with Conversation Piece on RadioJustice.org. We are still at the 43rd District Christmas Party of Congresswoman Maxine Waters. And with me today, we have an Inglewood um, civil, civil servant. Mm-hmm. And you guys know I am an Inglewood resident, so I'm always trying to get some news and updates about my, my dear city. So, Cinder, you're going to have to tell me your first and last name. Introduce yourself, and what do you do for the city of Inglewood?
3: Hi, my name is Cinder Eller Kimball. I am the Senior Community Affairs Liaison slash Homeless Liaison for the City of Inglewood. I, I'm the conduit between the community and the police department, so I'm the face of the police department basically. So I go out and I interact with the community or businesses, talk about crime prevention, talk about how to, um, um, what do you call it? domestic violence, anything that you have to discuss about, I, I talk to you about it. I come in, solutions, for solutions, find solutions for you. I also work with the mayor's office and we kind of, I do, I'm his face too, uh, I work with his ex- executive assistant and we go out and plan events. Um, I deal with the housing i 'm the housing background investigator i 'm also the housing funding i don 't know i can't, I think I just do everything i don 't know I, everybody say what do you do? I say everything whatever you need me to do i 'm the catch all basically
0: yeah you, you just named a lot of different <laughs> things and so out of all the things that you do, what do you like doing the
3: most wow that 's a good question. First of all, I'm a product of Inglewood. I grew up in Inglewood. I've been here since '76. I went to every school. I went to Morningside. I went to Monroe. I went to Worthington Elementary, so I grew up there. I've worked at Costco, which then was Price Club. I worked at Centinella Hospital, and now I'm at Inglewood for 24 years. So my life, my parents still live there. My life has been Inglewood. So I think the most thing, the impactful thing, I think is just being out there to make a difference. I think going out, just just speaking about you know who we are as the police department so people can get a better understanding of who we are cuz I know in the police world or in the in the community in the police world people think that the police are, you know, bad people but what I do is I bridge that gap so that you won't feel inferior you won't be scared and then we can have a a, a dialogue that you'll say hey I know that I'm First thing they say, I'm black. And then people say, you know, I get stopped or whatever. Well, let's decide and discuss what you can do so you won't feel that way. You know what I mean? I mean, I have a young black male. He's been stopped too. He's 27. So I try to keep him where don't be upset. So I do the same thing with the community. I have a heart for the girls. I mentor. I'm also a mentor for the for the city. Um, have a been an example, just walking around, just being the face, trying to be positive, keeping a smile on my face, that breaks the ice a lot, especially when you're in uniform, when you're driving down the street, and people don't really, and they're not comfortable, but when I go and speak to them, they say, oh, they are human, we are human, the law enforcement are human, bad apples on everywhere, you know what I mean, so I like that, but then I also like to help the homeless, okay, um they kind of threw me into it to become the homeless liaison because I helped this one gentleman that was sitting on our bus stop bench on Prairie and Century for 20 years in front of the Hollywood Park Casino for 20 years he would walk from one spot down to the next from Century to Prairie I'm sorry Crenshaw to Prairie on Century for 20 years so It was a trip because everybody kept saying, who is this guy? Why is he sitting here? you got to get him off. They were going to city council. So I said, you guys, I'm going to work on it. Well, months passed. I wasn't able to break the ice. Somebody else said, Cinder said that she was going to do it. I said, that would be the last time you would say that I didn't do something. Went out there, built a rapport, spoke to him, and I did the unthinkable. I found his family on Google Earth. He gave me his name. I looked up his name. My lieutenant helped me. We found the name. We did Google Earth. We saw his father singing on the porch. I pulled out all of his information, his parents' name, everything, and I presented it to him in a folder. And I was coming from church. And I went by and I said, hey, I want to give you this. If you're uncomfortable, let me know. I said, but I want you to know how real this is and I want to help you. I gave him his life in a folder. Went back the next day. He was like, who are you? How did you know this? So, make a long story short, he now works for the U.S. Vets. He was a veteran. I found out he was a veteran. He works for U.S. Vets, been there for three, four four years. He lives on his own. He's self-sufficient. I flew his brother here from out of town to come and see him. He hadn't seen his brother in 20 years. Um, They built a connection, but he still had a distance between his parents um, because of the last interaction he had. But we're friends. He calls me his angel. So, from that incident... They said, oh, she can get him, she can get everybody, and that's where it snowballed. So now I'm the liaison for the homeless. And you've been the liaison for the homeless for how long? Oh, wow. Um, I have been doing the homeless count. I'm the I'm the coordinator for the homeless count um, with Los Angeles County, and I've been doing that for seven years. But I've been the homeless liaison for about five.
0: Now, how, just, why, did, did he tell you why he, he, Lived between Prairie and Crenshaw for 20 years.
3: I don't understand. And I kept asking him, and he he flew here. He was from out of. The, he was in North Carolina, and he flew here because you know what happened. I'm gonna be honest. His family, his mother. I guess he might have had some mental problems. He might have, but he's smart. Smart. He reads books all day. That's all he did was read books. His father. I guess he was having problems with his family, and his father said, "If you don't leave my home, I'm going to call the police." He said, that was the last time you could tell me you're going to call, call the police on me. So he laughed, found himself in LAX, found himself because, you know, Inglewood is right next to LAX. And he found himself in Inglewood sitting on that bus stop bench. He felt comfortable. He had an indent in the bench when I got him off of there. Now it's no longer there because we have a new you know casino and stadium coming but that's the reason they wanted him off because they said it didn't look good. We were trying to get somebody to buy the the property. Please get him off, get him off and now he's doing his best, he's doing good, he moved away. He was an orderly, the person that kind of like pushed patients around. Now he's cleaning up the room and a supervisor. So every time I go and visit him, he goes, You know where I am. You know, why do you want me to call you all the time? He doesn't want to so I just go and look for him, I knock at his door, leave a note, thinking about you, give me a call when you need something, and he he doesn't need anything, he's doing good. So I just never understood why he made it there, but he made it there, and thank God he did, and now he is where he is today.
0: Truly, you are his angel. (laughs) angel. Yes, yes. Now, so how how is Inglewood addressing the homeless problem
3: or the homeless um, um, challenge for for this winter? You know, um, it takes a one day at a time thing. Okay, I'm going to be honest. Um, as we say, homeless is not a crime, okay? But mental illness supersedes everything. And a lot of the homeless, not all of them, but a lot of them are mentally ill. And so, mentally ill, and so what happened is we don't know where they're coming from. But you do know that Centinella Hospital is there right? So everybody from all around the different county, the cities that are surrounding Inglewood, that's the first hospital that's around. The only hospital besides King in the county. So they bring them to Inglewood. So what happened when they leave out the hospital? they left in Inglewood. So that becomes Inglewood's issue. To go back into what are we doing for the winter months? We don't have a shelter. We're called Spot Eight, Service Planet Area Eight, which is the South Bay agency. So we reach from Palos Verdes. Um, southern to, from South Verdes to Northern, which is Inglewood, and everything in between: Redondo Beach, Manhattan Beach, Culver City, um, um, Hawthorne, Lawndale, Gardena. All of us are in together, so we don't have one in Spot Eight, so we have to take them to Long Beach to the shelter or whatever. So unfortunately, right now or down to downtown, we don't have anything to, to help them right now. Nowhere in the South Bay? Not in the South Bay, unfortunately. We had the shelter at the um, armory last year and, and this year they didn't bring it back. Salvation Army tried to get it, but their space was not big enough to hold it. You got to have, you got to make sure that the bathrooms are okay. You got to make sure that the people are safe because a lot of people that are coming in, think about what they're carrying in their bags, even their hygiene and being out in the street you can have diseases and stuff like that. So to go into the Salvation Army and to be where the people congregate every day, it was would have been hard and to eat and everything you got to have a big space for this and the, and the armory did but this year we don't have any place unfortunately and but, you know and I think no go go ahead. the homeless count is the third week in um in January and so we'll be able to go out to find out you know how many people are out there and what we need to do next year as far as the help okay but unfortunately we don't have anything right now
0: and and you know I think most people don't Realize those, those meticulous details about do you have the right facilities for what they need. Because it's not, you know, it's one thing getting them out of the elements, but it's another thing to be able to offer them to be able to shower and to be able
3: to have, have a hot meal. And so the Armory was able to do that That last year. Well, there was year. a nonprofit organization called First to Serve, and they were the ones that manned it, okay? They were the one that, they, that employed people to come in to make sure they stayed there because it's a 24-hour operation. Well, in the morning, you have to get up and go by 6. You have to come in by 5 and leave by 6. So when you leave, supposed people are supposed to come and pick you up, organizations pick you up and take you back to where you were. Well, sometimes people didn't want to go. And where did they end up? In Inglewood, so our population of homelessness have grown tremendously over the last five years. We butt up against um, what's District Six or in the City Council District Six, um, 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 Councilman Bonin, and that's near the airport. Well, near the airport off of Arborvide in Las it was called Manchester Square, which was. Uh, Tent city per se, and then it had a lot of RVs, and so they closed that down because that now was going to be turned into a car rental place. That's going to be the hub for all the car rentals. So they started pushing them out, pushing them out. So that was with LAX, LAPD, LA SD, and then Inglewood. Well, because we're so close, you cross over the street where the people came. They came to Inglewood, so we you know, got the, 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 the overflow of the homelessness. So it made it much larger. And we try to tell the community, listen, we understand, but it's nothing we could have done unless we would have built a human wall. So now it's like we try to work together collaboratively to make things better for them, you know, because they're living off the freeways. I mean, they're, when, we, when we clean it up, they come right back. They go across the street. When we clean it up and tell them to go, because you can't arrest them. You can't do anything. You got to ask them for help. If they don't want the help, We can't do anything. Is it frustrating? Yes, it's frustrating. It's for me. It's for you as a resident. It's for the people that are driving down the street to see it. It's bad. But it comes from up up north from Washington to Seattle to Portland, Oregon, all the way in between Berkeley area. It's bad. Homelessness is bad. And downtown, you know, Skid Row, think about it. So they're just coming where they feel comfortable. They sit at our, our libraries. They go to our city hall and sleep up there because you know why? They feel safer there. But then we get caught. So what do we have to do as law enforcement? We have to enforce. You can't be here. You can't be here. You can't be here. And then that builds the, you know, the the, the tension between us and the community cuz like, but but what are you doing? But we are doing. But why can't you do this? They're on my yard. They're this. They this and I go, you know, it's only so much we can do. Now, as a resident, I'm telling you, as a resident, you can say, I want them off my property. I want to put them up under private persons arrest. You can say that because they're loitering, but we can't do that. If, if it's your property, you have to maintain that. If it's our property, we have to maintain that. And it's hard because it goes back and forth. It sounds like we're passing the buck, but it's the law, and it's only so much that we can do. So we're trying to do it one day at a time, help each person.
0: One day at a time. That's all we can do sometimes, and sometimes it's moment to moment within, within the day. Now tell me, what are some of
3: the highlights In the city of Inglewood from 2018. Oh, wow. I mean, we're okay. Like, where do I start? Let me go back because I always think about my mayor. Um, We were on furloughs like um, 2009, 8, 9, 10. We were on a 10% cut. And that was devastating for me, and I always told him this because I had a son in college, went to college in 2009, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? Are you? People, it might not make a difference to some people 10%, but it made a big difference in my life. So I had to pick up three jobs, and I had to do whatever it took to make sure that my son was taking care of myself, kept a roof over my head. So I was so devastated, but fast forward. I started seeing the big picture, like why he was doing this and what we were doing and why he had to cut some things and why I started learning more about it. Come to find out, you know, he was making, he was trying to make things happen. so fast forward to now, 2018, as you guys know, if you don't know, we have a beautiful stadium that's being built right now. Let's go back. We have a beautiful casino. That's no, let's go back. We have a shopping center with Target, and and it's called Century Village, and that started it. I mean, all that started getting rebuilt and and developed, and it was like, okay, we feel good about ourselves. And like I said, I've been there since 76, so I saw it come from highs to lows to highs to lows, and now we're back to the high. So let's go to the stadium. We have the Rams and the Chargers, and now we also have the Clippers coming. And I know that's a bad thing, too. People are saying because of the rent control and so forth and so on. And I know that that's a bad subject. But I try to tell everybody, understand where the Clippers Arena is going to be built, you can't build any homes there anyway. And that's from the FAA. So that's something that's documented. That's something you can look up. That's verified. You can't build it. It's a place where you can't build. It's all... It's all. Um, 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 buildings and land so you can't build anything near for homes and we're not pushing anybody out we're not I mean the, the owners, they might go up on the rent, you know, but it's only so much they can do, okay? We don't have rent control, but but the mayor is fighting to make sure that everybody stays in their home or the businesses, okay? So I want to get past that because I know that's a sore subject, and I know that's, you know, that's disheartening. And I understand I got family there. I got family at rent, so I understand. Now, to the good stuff, so like I said, I'm going to go back, and we also have the L.A. Philharmonic coming and for the youth. So they're going to build a beautiful building for our youth, not just for surrounding youth, for the community to come in for music and Girl Scouts of America. We're going to have a grand opening for that in January. This uh, wait, yeah, January, February, January, February. Girl Scouts of America is coming. I mean, so what more? I mean, he always say, if we get the Girl Scouts, what else do we get? I mean, that that's everything. Girl Scouts, you see them everywhere. You know, you get the Girl Scouts, you got everything. Everybody love you. So we have that. We have the stadium. We have our. Um, our Market Street is getting redeveloped. We have people, oh, we have new homes that are being built. And, you know, so a lot of different things that are going on. We got the Randy's Donuts. He always talk about that. <laughs> the Big Donut. He always talk about the Big Donut. I mean, so we got a lot of different things going on. People coming in, um, um, filming shows and you know, making movies, and now it's no more Inglewood, it's like, I live in Inglewood, or I live in Inglewood, uh, 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 LA adjacent to Inglewood, the whole name is changed, and the the air that you feel when you walk around, and how you keep your head up, like, I'm from Inglewood, you know, I've never wavered on that, you know, I've never wavered, I, I it didn't matter where, I, I just never understood the magnetism, why did everybody, ma- you know, love Inglewood so much, and I'm like, City of champions you know we had the forum I'm sorry we had the forum renovated and I mean so I don't know I, we got a lot going on I'm trying to think as I speak but you know I right. think that's good
0: no no that's those are great <laughs> things and, and you already touched upon um, what are you looking forward to in 2019 because some of the things you already mentioned are part of the 2019, 2019 but is there something that you didn't mention that you're
3: looking forward to um, that Inglewood is planning for 2019. You know, um, I think everything that we're talking about is, like you said, going to carry over. What I'm looking forward to is just to see it manifest. I'm just, I just want to see everything that we're talking about come to fruition because you can't see, you can't fathom it until it's there. You know what I mean? So every day I drive through the city, I'm like, wow. Even the, the cemetery is beautified. I mean, they made it look. I mean, it's always a nice cemetery, but now that's nice. It's another hospital has, you know, renovated and upgraded and I mean so I'm just I'm just excited to see everything just I just want to see I just want to make it to see it first of all if God will and I just want to see it how it just comes about I want to see it I just want to see how the people come in you know I'm gonna go back touchy subject gentrification people say gentrification you know and it's not just going on in Inglewood it's going in L.A. adjacent, as they call it, Baldwin Hills, you know, all the different people are coming back because they see that the houses You know, are are more affordable, but yet people don't like to drive away, and I see that. I understand that. I understand, being as a black woman, and people feel like when they're coming into the community, how the different nationalities are taking over. I tell everybody they can't take over unless you allow them to take over. You know, don't sell your property. Don't don't say, oh, I'm getting a better deal because you're not. Because when you sell, you can't buy anywhere else, and so then you put yourself in this in this pocket, in this hole. like I have to start renting and I'm not saying it's bad. I rented too for a long time. Thank God I've been in my home for a while, but I had to go through to get to. And so I, I just want people to see the big picture and don't be so quick to like leave our community because they feel they're getting pushed out. I I, I don't see that. I don't want people to feel that way. And, and I try to, you know, convey that every time I go and speak to the community because that's the main question. Well, I'm getting put out. No, you're not. Stand still, you know, and no, right? Stand still. And know that God is near so don't I always and I profess that anytime I talk to somebody I say I don't know who you are but I'm a child of God and I'm a you know I say that every time I go to any meeting I say first of all let me let you guys know something so I feel you I understand don't think because I'm here that I haven't gone through anything you know so that's what I'm looking forward to everything everything well, thank you so much for your
0: time and for the work that you do you. for the wonderful city of Inglewood. And there there is a sense of, of pride and, yeah. and ownership in, in our city. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Oh, and I do have one last question. What would you want to see more from the Inglewood residents? Hmm.
3: Support. Just know that we're there for them. And don't be scared to come out. Don't be scared. And be proactive. If you see something, say something. You know, if you know that, you know, your your trash is not picked up or whatever and it looks bad in your community, call and say, hey. You know, if you're riding down the street, you see something that's not right, call and let us know something. Because we can't act if you don't let us know. And a lot of times people don't want to talk to us because we're the police, but we're not bad people. Just, you know, We have to do a job. We have to enforce. That's what police do, enforcement. But I just want the community to come together more. Come together as a community and say, we stand for Inglewood. We're here for the long haul. No matter what happened, politics or whatever, no matter what happened. Englewood's going to be standing when we're gone. So why not make it work while we're here? Why not come together right now as a community instead of going outside the community? Stay local. Shop local. Do the things here. Fight for a new grocery store. I heard that. Fight for new things in the a, in a community. If you want it, start eating different things. That's the only way they do it. They go off of, off of what we You punch your phone number in. They tell you what you eat. That's why the, the different grocery stores come in. But you want a better grocery store? Fight for a better grocery store. Do petitions. Talk about it. Don't say it amongst yourselves or your family. Be very vocal. People listen. Thank
0: you, thank you so thank much you. for your time and, and for, for being um, detailed with your information thank about you. what's happening in the city of Inglewood. Thank you, my You are listening to Conversation Peace. I'm your host, Angela Birdsong, with more interviews from Congresswoman Maxine Waters, 43rd District Christmas Party and Toy Drive. Also from the Black Women's Forum, Walk, Talk, Shop, and Eat on RadioJustice.org. Once again, Radio Justice does not support or endorse any political party, but you need to know who the people are in power, what they do in case you need to reach out to them. This is Angela Birdsong, and you are listening to Conversation Peace on Radiojustice.org. I am at the Congresswoman Maxine Waters 43rd District Christmas Party, and I have with me today one of the many organizations that Congresswoman Waters invites to her events. We have Kathy Sutton of SURF. Kathy, introduce yourself and tell us what SURF is and how did, how did you find this?
2: Well, um, my name is Kathy Sutton, and basically, Serve as since reintegration education and research foundation. It's an organization that supports children, adults, and veterans who have special needs. And what we decided to do with this organization and just saying, just, you know, just not to say, well, we're going to support autism or we're going to support Down syndrome or we're going to support uh, ADD, ADHD. So instead, all of these aspects and all these disorders have a sensory component. So we decided to go with the sensory processing disorder component. And that way we do not, you know, not... uh, you know, just not help one particular group or another. So we just cater to all of them.
0: And what what does the acronym surf stand for?
2: It stands for Sensory Integration Education and Research Foundation. And we also uh, serve veterans as well with PTSD.
0: No, and you. So you were telling me while we were having dinner that being an advocate for your son is what led the path to developing and creating CERF.
2: Exactly. Because when my son was born and he was little, I know he had Down syndrome, but I know there was something else going on with him and nobody could tell me. So as a parent that was determined to find out, you know, how can I help him? How can I help him feel more comfortable and everything? I researched and researched and researched until I came upon this organization that dealt with sensory issues. And when I took him over there to get treatment and everything, he's he increasingly started to get better and I was like wow you know things that I thought that he was incapable of he started doing the only thing he was becoming a a little verbal at first, but then after a while he stopped talking and now he's beginning to talk again. So basically when I start supporting my son, then I ran into other parents that needed the help as well. And so I start supporting them and then I got to the point where I volunteered for different sensory organizations and they were basically... Uh, catering to the occupational therapists, the speech therapists, but they lack the—you know—they lack the support of parents. So, I branched off on my own with two other therapists, and I decided to do this to support the parents.
0: And you've been doing this this type of work for how long?
2: Uh, since 2005, we started our organization, and now it's 2018, so about 13 years.
0: Now, what are some of the highlights from 2018?
2: The highlights from 2018 is our back-to-school giveaway, and plus I'm on the phone with parents all the time helping them, you know, I'll resolve their different problems, or if I get a parent in need, then I, you know, do whatever I can to try to help them, you know, maybe gift certificates, or, you know, they may need, you know, their kid may need a bike, or And, you know, little things like that that make a difference in their lives. So, and then I have those parents that come to my events every year and just totally support me.
0: Now, how does one become a a client or to partner with you?
2: Well, you know what? You could partner with me in many ways, but um, right now, how, you know, I'm just trying to think of a good way to partner. You know, partnering with me is like getting together and just trying to think of the best possible solution for to help these kids. Because at one point in time, you know, they were like, when we, they first discovered autism, it was like one in 281 children would get this disorder. Now it's almost down. Now they included, you know, the, um, They include all the other disorders. Now it's down to one in forty-five. So this, or you know, and I'm just giving you, you know, just, uh, just something that I read maybe years ago. So it might be, you know, it might be even more advanced than that. But if you stop and look around, most of these kids have certain disorders, and if we do not get a grasp of it then, you know, everybody, You know, right now the school districts are overwhelmed. Everybody's overwhelmed because nobody wanted to pay attention and wanted to do something about it earlier. And I have been speaking constantly and crying out to everybody, If hey, if you guys don't put any money into this and if you don't do anything, it's going to get worse.
0: Now, when we were having dinner, you told me one of your success stories about a, a lady who um, found you, And her son was not responding well to therapy. When you want to share that story with us?
2: Uh, The daughter.
0: Oh, was it a daughter? Yeah,
2: it was the daughter. What happened was the mother didn't even know what was wrong with her daughter, and I was in the emergency. I was in the emergency room with my son, and she was in the emergency room with her other daughter, and the one daughter was like running around, jumping all over the place. And I went over and I said hi to her, and you know I kind of tried to calm her down and things of that nature. And then I gave her gave the mother my card, and the mother like three weeks later she called me frantically. Oh my God, I'm glad I found your card. I've been looking all over for it. And yes, you know, the things you told me about, that's what my daughter has. And how can you help us? I said, well, let me make some calls around and see just how I can help you. And so I called one of the therapists that I work with, and I asked him, I said, can you do me a favor and just treat this child for a year? And then once he met the child, he was just, he said, oh, no, she's mine. I'm going to treat her. He treated her for an entire year. And this child had improved so significantly just from that. And the mother was like, I think I had a fundraiser. the mother came to the fundraiser, and she was just in tears. (gasps) She was in tears and...
0: Okay, we... Kathy just saw somebody that, that, that she knows. Remember, you guys remember, we are at a Christmas party right now, so there, there may be an interruption or two, but, but you were saying that, that the, the, um, the the lady who had the daughter right. went on your website and saw that some things were working.
2: Right, that she saw that. She recognized that some of the things that her daughter was doing, because we give a, a whole breakdown of the things that we're doing, and that was on time when we just, at that time, we just had it like, you know, an outline a word for word, now we have videos that explain even more and, you know, real children telling, we have even children telling you what the disorder entails now. So, it is, you know, just like I said, it's really, really exciting and and, and on the website we have videos of our different events, you know, the people who support our events and everything, we have pictures of all the happy children of these right. events. Yeah. So what we do is we have, like, two huge events per year. And the reason why I start doing that is to give those children a place where they feel comfortable to come and have fun and not ridicule or people are looking at them very funny. And, you know, because sometimes they don't come out because people have the tendency to make them feel uncomfortable because they're, as claimed, they're not normal. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, what is normal? I, you know, I just don't believe that nobody is normal.
0: <laughs> right. And I, I've heard someone say when they were talking in regards to, to mental health that everyone everybody has a diagnosis. Just some of us have not been diagnosed yet.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Some people fall through the cracks and it's because nobody thinks, you know, the whole thing I hear from parents, well, you know, my child is doing well in school. He's getting all A's and nothing is wrong with him. He's just a little bit overexcited and, you know, he just needs to sit down and things of that nature. And I'm like, just because a child is intelligent and doing well in school, you know, he may not be social you know he may be socially inept and if you don't deal with that social you know if they don't deal with the socialization of the child later on in life you know they become suicidal or they become, you know, socially just, you know, they decline. So a lot of parents don't understand that. Oh, he's doing, you know, and that's what I hear all the time. It's nothing wrong with him. I don't want him to be labeled. And it's like, it's not about labeling. It's about identifying the problem, dealing with the problem, getting a handle of the problem, and getting the child some help.
0: What is the website, and what should what are you guys looking forward to for 2019?
2: 2019, I have... I'm, I've been I'm developing this one idea, and I've been working on it for ten years because the idea that I have, I've been exposed to a lot of different manufacturers that have, you know, state-of-the-art equipment that nobody, you know, that a lot of, you know, the inner-city kids or anything do, do not know a whole lot about. So what, what I'm now is I'm putting in a proposal to get some space. You know, it's smaller than what I want to, but I said, well, we'll start small and then we'll get bigger. But right now, I'm working on this uh, particular project where we can bring state-of-the-art equipment, so these kids can have, you know, a better advantage of getting, you know, getting in in that with their senses or their sensory issues.
0: And, w- and what is your website?
2: The website is www.surf.org. Spell surf. S S and Sam, I S and Ice, E is an Edward, R is in Robert, F Frank. dot org.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ms. Setha, and just good blessings to you guys on on everything that you have planned for 2019. And I, you told me that there's an event that you have in August. What well, what is that August event?
2: August is our annual back to school giveaway where we give away school supplies and we have like face painters, entertainment, just uh, all kind of things. But this year we're giving away backpacks and because it's kind of difficult to find out exactly what school supplies each child needs. And since Walmart and Office Depot are joining in on this, they're going to discount all their school supplies so parents will be able to buy them at a discounted rate. But we're going to provide the backpacks.
0: Okay, well, thank you so much for your time. You guys heard it. SURF, Touching Lives for a Lifetime. And you can find them at surf.org, S-I-E-R-F dot O-R-G.
2: And thank you for having me.
0: Anytime.
2: <laughs> okay. let it
0: I'm Angela Birdsong, and we are at the walk, shop, talk, and eat given by the Black Women's Forum. And one of the people that were speaking here is Ms. Reed, and she was telling her very intimate story about her... Um, son Jonathan being killed while under the hands of foster care and the Los Angeles Department of Children and Family Services. But afterwards I was speaking with her and she was talking about the connection of knowing the finer details of the new cannabis laws that we have here in, in California. Can, can you please tell us about that, Ms. Reed? And also tell me your full name and, and, what, and what you do.
4: Okay, my name is Deborah Reed. We have an organization called Jonathan Reed Family Rights Coalition. And I'm an advocate that's recognized on County 211 services, and County 211 services is a referral services, uh, and we're connected with the court system, so we're a service provider. So we provide the parenting, anger management, and domestic violence program having to do with parents who are involved with Department of Children and Family Service, either family law. And so one of the things I wanted our community to understand is about our new laws about cannabis and Department of Children and Family Service. There's a welfare institution code 300 subdivision B. And what it says is there's a mere suspicion that it could occur. Okay, It talks about being no evidence of abuse, but a mere suspicion. And under that is what is at risk. So at risk is when there is no evidence, nothing has happened, but there's a risk that something could happen. So when a parent smokes a blonde, has a child in their care, well, that child is now at risk. If there's no one else to care for that child that's not under the influence because that child becomes ill, needed to go to the hospital, then you could be reported for having a child in your care, needing care, and you're under the influence. So we have to be careful about these things that are equally available to us that we can walk down the street and get and how it will impact our community because even if you have a marijuana card you're at age uh, of age to smoke marijuana you must make sure that there's someone to care for that child in your absence. You can't be driving under the influence. If you have a child in your car, you will not only be charged with a criminal charge of endangerment of a child, you will be facing the Department of Children and Family Services as well. And even if you beat the case under the criminal because they can't prove if you were or not, you will still face the Department of Children and Family Services because they need such a low threshold different from criminal because uh, it's just a mere suspicion that it could occur.
0: Now, um, let me ask you about the Jonathan Reed um, organization. How do people get in contact with you, and what services do you provide for for the public or for for families?
4: Okay, so Jonathan Reed Family Rights Coalition has... Several heads. Um, I am a paralegal, and so we do family law. We are very interested in our community in making sure, especially our African-American fathers, have custody rights, that so they have rights to their children. And people think, especially young men, think that they're signing... The child's birth certificate when the child is born. But actually, if they look really closely and read all the paperwork, what they're doing is signing what's called a pop file. They're signing information for the child support division. There's no such thing as the father signing the birth certificate. The only person who signs the birth certificate is the doctor. But they are made to believe that they're signing the birth certificate, but they're not. And even once they sign that, until they if they, the child is born out of wedlock, they still don't have any rights. They must go to the court and be recognized as their child's father. And it's important because we've had uh, parents in the community, grandparents, where their son has passed away. And because their son never filed in court to be recognized as a child's father, then the grandparents no longer have any rights. And so we have to get our, our community educated on it. So the so John Reed Family Rights Coalition is a paralegal service. We charge low cost to have that paperwork done, as well as we do parenting and the anger management and courses that are for criminal, Department of and Family Services, and family law. So um, our phone number is 310-856-9498. Can you give the number one more time? 310 856 minute. <laughs> no, I've forgotten it. 857 9498. But you can always find us uh, through 211. But it's Jonathan Reed, Family Rights Coalition.
0: Thank you so much for okay. your time and Merry Christmas to you. Same to you. Thank you to my Conversation Piece Roadshow guest who agreed to speak with me in the middle of a Christmas party. Council of Pakistan Chairman Adnan Khan. Cinder Eller-Kimball, Senior Community Affairs Liaison of Ingua Police Department, Executive Director Kathy Sutton of CERF, Sensory Integration Education Research Foundation, and Deborah Reed, founder of the Jonathan Reed Family Rights Coalition. And thank you, Citizens for Waters, for the invitation. Thank you to Leslie Radford, the brain, the powerful force behind RJLA, Adam Rice, program director, Joseph Tucker, engineer, Michael Washington of MWatchSo for the opening and closing theme song, and always you, our RJLA family. Reach us on Radio Justice Facebook. Give us some love. Give us some likes, please, as you listen to us worldwide, anytime on RadioJustice.org. I am Angela Birdsong once again, and I'm thanking you for allowing me to share this special experience, a conversation piece on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call with you. Remember to be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be brave, be courageous, and let all that you do be done with love.